Podcast of the Cinema, hosted by me, Alonzo Duraldi, and you, Dave White. We both uh, write film reviews for The Wrap. Uh, I co-host some other podcasts. We are... Married. S- married. Yep. That's, that's pretty that's, much... That's, that's the story. Yeah. Um, Quick plug. Oh. Sunday, yep. November 27th, yes. the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. On CNN. Oh. A new special called Tis the Season. All about Christmas movies, and uh, I am one of the interviewees. Do you know how much they kept of you? No idea. None. Because that last time, (laughs) I did a lot of plot synopsizing, because I'm good at doing them in very short sentences. You really are. When we are on KCRW about once a month here in Los Angeles. On Press Play. I really hate having to be a, the synopsis giver of a film. And, well, <laughs> exactly. I just, in the larger sense, almost, it's about man's determination. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can pipe down. I'm a slow talker, just in life. Yes. I'm a slow talker. If you make me be a fast talker, I can do it, but then I'm really tired when it's over. Because <laughs> you're running up that hill. I do a lot of I do a lot of pausing, <laughs> do a lot of hemming and hawing, uh, and that's listen. If you don't like that, <laughs> maybe this isn't the podcast <laughs> for you. I'm I'm always trying though. I'm always trying really hard. <laughs> To keep it concise. Keep it tight. Keep it concise. Mm. Uh, I just fail uh, routinely at that. And so I'm always in awe of your ability to just off the cuff, just go bang, bang, bang. This is what the movie's about. I'm not able. I'm. It is constitutionally not part of me. Mm. So... Um, what I worry about for you in this CNN special, the last time you were a, you were a talking head yes. on a CNN special, you were chopped, 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 <laughs> chopped to where your contributions were, this is what happens, and this is what happens, and this is what happens. <laughs> and then, oh, and now here's Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, okay. Martin to, Scorsese has some thoughts he'd yeah, like to like, share. They don't care about the film critic thoughts <laughs> that they... Had you come in to do, they care about the film critic being able to move it along. <laughs> so I'm a little concerned uh, that this might befall you again. Maybe. But look, it's an honor just to be nominated. Sure. <laughs> I'm glad they included me. They I'm, I'm did thrilled include, include you. Me. For, they, they included you for a reason. Because you are the author of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. Yes. A book 
that if you ain't own it yet, why not? What is even your problem? Also, pick up I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies, which I co-wrote with the guys at Deck the Hallmark. Okay, well, that is a book about fake Christmas movies. Okay, but you will acknowledge that even if you hate Hallmark Christmas movies, that is book a is a lot book. of fun. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a fun book, and you should purchase that book, too. Yes. Uh, but the real book that you should purchase in the number one slot is Alonzo <laughs> Durrell Days. Have yourself a movie little Christmas. It is a, as of the year 2010, when it was published, it was a pretty comprehensive guide to the films of Christmas throughout cinema history. Could I fill a second edition with movies that have come out since then? I sure could. Yeah. So Maybe one day I will. Yeah. Uh, have yourself two movie little Christmases. <laughs> that will be the name of it. A movie or a little Christmas. Have yourself a movie little Christmas again. A movie slightly larger Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, I'm telling you, buy a book. <laughs> buy this book by my husband, Alonzo Duralde, esteemed film critic and person that they have now... On CNN, talking about Christmas movies. Yes. And they... To what extent, I do not know. They better not cut you out. (laughs) Look, as long as they get the title of my book and my lower third, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, but it needs to be there a lot more than just a few times. We'll see what happens. I understood it. You know, business is business. I understood it the first time. Mr. Thomas Hanks might have things that he needs to share. They do it. They do it to you twice. You know, might have to write a sternly worded letter. (laughs) See here. Private Hargrove. Yeah. See here. Uh, Mrs. Alonzo (laughs) Duralde. Take offense (laughs) to the diminishment. You will not. The Alonzo erasure (laughs) taking place. I am CNN. I am thrilled to be asked and included. I mean, it's always fun seeing you on the television. I like it. Where my large head seems like a normal thing. It seems like a normal head. Yeah. When you're on TV, but in reality, you have a gigantic it's huge. a gigantic skull. It's like the size of a pumpkin. Mm. And, that's, and, that, and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I also like it when people out of the blue say, oh, I saw Alonzo on TV. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a hotel room. I was flipping channels. Boom, there's Alonzo. That head. Talking about, yeah, I saw this giant giant dome. (laughs) Talking about Divine and Alan Carr and (laughs) queer horror films and... uh, uh, who else? What else have you been? You've been in so many other things. Mm-hmm. You're a go-to talking head. It's, you know, it's fun. I like doing it. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I never want to be asked. I've been asked a couple times to do things. And I'm always like, could I not? Could you please not there do There are that? some that you, I, I wish you'd say yes to. <sighs> I think you would have some great contributions. No. <laughs> I'd have... Upset. I'd have upset contributions. Uh-oh. I'd be like, "Why? Why did I say yes? Can I submit this in writing? Can I? Could Could you do mine? Could you animate my sequence? Could you do it with a puppet, like a sock puppet? That would be oh, that would be that would be just fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have five films to talk about. Yes, today. <clears throat> 
We are not going to talk about what we're eating for dinner because we already ate dinner. Ha! Fooled you. We're recording this on a Friday late, late afternoon. Yes. And we've already eaten some dinner to give us the energy to record one final podcast of the day. And if we can get this done, we can watch the finale of Bake Off. Oh, you, I already know who won. Ah, uh, don't tell me. I've no, 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 no. I mean in my heart. Oh, oh No, okay. I don't know, know who won, but I know Shabira wins. Well, I know it. I, 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 I you're probably it. you're probably right, but I've managed because it you know it aired several days ago in the UK. Sure, I've avoided the the the, the news yes. on the internet, but I know Shabira wins. There's no doubt in my mind. It ain't going to be Abdul. It won't be Abdul. And if it comes down to Shabira and and Sandro, it ain't going to be Sandro. <laughs> you never know. Shabira's going to win. Uh, it, look, in a just world, yes. Is this a just world? I don't think so. Well, not always. All right, we have five movies. Yes. Uh, here's the weird thing about these five movies. We have both seen Causeway. Yes. You have seen A Christmas Story Christmas mm-hmm. and Wakanda Forever. Correct. I have not. I have seen the new Frederick Wiseman film, A Couple, mm-hmm. and I have seen... Uh, an Iranian film called Holy Spider. Well, actually, it's a Danish film. Okay. It is Denmark's entry into the international Oscar category, but yes, All right. it is Iranian. Let, okay. Let, all right. Sure, Denmark. <laughs> I've seen an Iranian film called Holy Spider. <laughs> and I have not seen those last Made two, by so. Iranians, about Iranians. Yes. I don't know where they shot it. Um... If they shot it in Iran, they did so, I think, stealthily. Yeah, with some, with some, with some care. Yeah. Um, why don't we start with the one we both saw? Okay, Causeway. It's from Lila Neugebauer. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's a theater director. Yes, this is her debut narrative feature, her debut feature. Period. Right. Uh, it stars Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Set in New Orleans, Jennifer Lawrence plays a uh, military vet. She was injured, uh, traumatic brain injury, in an explosion in Afghanistan. And now she is home. Uh, She's out of the hospital. She's Mm -hmm. out of the rehab facility. She's home living with her mother. And she is learning how to, you know, function again because uh, it impaired her motor skills it impaired her cognitive skills and she is you know slowly working her way back to what she wants to be a redeployment yes but in the meantime she's at home she is lent her mother's truck to get around her mother's truck is an old pos (laughs) And uh, it breaks down immediately. She brings it to the local uh, repair shop run by Brian Tyree Henry. They talk. They talk some more. They start hanging out. They talk some more. (laughs) They hang out. They talk some more. The end. (laughs) 
Yeah, like usually, you know, uh, the 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 rap that that theater directors get when they go to film is that their films are very stagey, you know, and the, they people are yep. sort of stuck in rooms. Yep. That isn't the case here in that terms is, of yep. the fluidity of the camera and mm-hmm. the locations and that kind of thing. But this movie is almost entirely two people scenes of conversations. Yeah. There's like one scene where a third guy shows up <laughs> yep. and is annoying and they get rid of him. But yep. literally the yes. rest of the movie is Jennifer Lawrence talking to someone, usually Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It's, it's, it's very good. I loved it. Um, we, it helps that some of the other people she's talking to were like Linda Amond and Jane Hudichel. Right. Seasoned character actors. Yes. Uh, it also helps that she's talking to Brian Tyree Henry, who is fantastic well, yes, all obviously. the time. Um, this is a film about many things. And to get to those things, it takes its very quiet little conversational time. If you're here looking for action, you can go elsewhere. It flows like Dave White trying to explain what a movie is. <laughs> no, it flows much more smoothly than that. <laughs> but it is it is a languidness that is similar. I would say that this is a film about the difficulty of dealing with a very bad thing that has happened to you. And how it can isolate you sort of emotionally uh, and if you feel lonely in that situation and you're trying to make a friendship happen with a new person that can be a really difficult task and the horrible thing that has happened to Jennifer Lawrence isn't necessarily just the explosion She's had a life that has been difficult, uh, and she got out. And there's even a moment in the film where someone says to her, did they let you down, or did you just escape everybody? In what way are you responsible for the people who you think have let you down? Right. We find out also that something very bad has happened to Brian Tyree Henry. Mm -hmm. And in that event, he lost one of his legs. So he understands where she's coming from, both physically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, You think this might turn into some sort of romance, but about 20 minutes in, they take that off the table. They take that completely (laughs) off the table. And this really is a quiet movie about learning to be a person again. Yeah. As a as as a new friend is also, you know, learning to be a person again. It's the kind of movie that you could very easily adapt into a play, but again, it doesn't feel like a play turned into a movie just because they, there's such good use of New Orleans and not the obvious sort of like, woo, Bourbon Street, you know. Um, like when I was talking with Christy about it. <laughs> that I, that never even comes into no, frame. No, yeah, not even. <laughs> like Christy talks about just there, there was a scene at night where the two of them are sitting on a park bench at night drinking beer. Yeah. 
And she goes, that's just such a New Orleans thing. Right. You know, because you can, you can drink in public uh, yeah. there. And, and, and it's so understated, and, but it just, it, it, it is such a felt moment. And it, it is true to the location. And so, uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 this, you know, I could see somebody stripping this down, doing it on stage. But as a film, it always feels like a film, even though so much of its, its dramatic structure is theatrical. I want this was theatric this was this was in movie theaters for a week or two and now it's streaming on Apple, Apple TV Plus, Plus yeah. Apple TV Plus. I want you to watch this movie and I want you to do it either completely alone or with a person who will not speak to you and I want you to put your phone in the other room because this is a film about performances yeah. and about small observational moments as people grow together as friends. And you hear film critics and other people complaining all the time. Why are there no more adult dramas in theaters? And then when they show up, the first complaint I always hear from people is, that was about nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah. And, and to them, I say, shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> you don't deserve lovely little movies like this. Go away from me. <laughs> I mean, and this was a very tiny, like, awardsy release. Like, they didn't really no. put much effort into getting people out of theaters. They just want to make sure they... they Qualify for Oscars. But yeah, this is exactly the kind of movie that we complain that we don't get enough anymore. The the sort of mid-budget adult drama. Starring Um, starring people that whose names and faces you know. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. And it's a beautiful film. Um Causeway. Yeah. That's that on that. I do want to shout out real quick. Uh, shot by Diego Garcia, mm-hmm. who shot um, Cemetery of Splendor. Yeah. And uh, The Neon Bull, two favorites of yours. The Neon Bull, I love The Neon Bull. And uh, Wildlife, which I liked quite a bit. Uh, this makes perfect sense, because yeah. he is clearly a cinematographer who isn't going for... Uh, a flashy style. Right. He does create intimacy. Yeah. And that's very important in a film like this. All right. Wakanda forever, Alonzo. Okay. I'm not going to be too spoilery because I know you're still going to see this at some point. Yes, I am going to see it. And if anyone's wondering why I haven't yet, uh, it is the same situation I found myself in with Tar. It's a nearly three-hour film, and given my current physical limitations, that's not happening for me out in the world. I am not able to go to a movie theater and sit for three, three and a half hours. You know, you're at that AMC with Ms. Kidman and 25 minutes of trailers. Also Ms. Ms. Menounos. (laughs) Also Maria Menounos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't do it. So I know that Tar just recently went to streaming. Is it, that correct? I believe so, yes. Okay. So I'll get to that. 
And then when this does, I'll get to that too. Yeah. Like I, I want to see both. Sure. Uh, but until I get my uh, double hip replacement in early 2023, goodbye, long movies. <laughs> I cannot see you in a theater. So please talk about Wakanda Forever. Well, uh, we begin with the off-screen death of T'Challa. Um, despite Shuri's best efforts and her, you know, amazing scientific know-how, she cannot save him. This is very upsetting to her, obviously. Uh, she and uh, the queen, Ramunda, begin, you know, the mourning process. Um, and then, you know, as they begin to sort of grapple with the idea of who will take the throne of Wakanda and who will become the next Black Panther, uh, there's a big meanwhile. Meanwhile! There's right. a there's a, a an oceanic research station, and uh, it is destroyed by uh, a, an army that comes from the sea. Okay. It turns out that army is led by Namor, who is uh, half well. Depends on who you ask. They don't say the word mutant in this movie, but he's essentially a mutant. He is from a civilization of people who discovered uh, this plant that grew out of vibranium. And the plant gave these people the uh, ability to breathe underwater. So it was an indigenous community in Central America that was being exploited by colonizers centuries ago. They discovered this plant. They go live underwater. Namor's mother happened to be pregnant when she ingested the plant. And gave birth to him beneath the sea. So he is the one member of, of Tolokan, which is what they call his colony, who can breathe on land and underwater. Okay. Um, he Does just, Aquaman that's have DC. anything to do that's with this? That's DC. This it's is DC. Marvel. This is Marvel? Yeah. And Namor existed first. I never know what's going on. In the comics. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Namor in the comics even has always been sort of like, is he a hero? Is he a villain? Is he his own thing? You know, who knows? Right. And they're, they, they definitely seem to be presenting him that way here. He, he led the attack on the research station because the research station was trying to mine vibranium. Okay. If you remember, vibranium is the metal that has made Wakanda yes. such an advanced civilization. Yes. The only vibranium on Earth up until this point that existed anywhere outside of Wakanda was in Captain America's shield. Okay. Turns out, Tolokan, also a civilization built on vibranium. Okay. So Namor approaches uh, uh, Shuri and Ramunda as they are finishing their their mourning and says, look, the rest of the world wants our vibranium. We need to team up and, like, destroy them all. <laughs> uh, and so they destroy don't Destroy who? Everybody else. Everybody else on Earth who is coming for, coming for the vibranium. Destroy everyone else on Earth? Well, I don't know about destroy, <laughs> but, like, but, you know... Does that include me? Conquer them, I guess. Maybe. Should I be destroyed? <laughs> uh, they say I, I should not enjoy that. No, well, very much at all. Uh, Ramunda and just because I don't have any vibranium. Yeah, well, you say you don't have <laughs> empty your pockets. Anyway, uh, they say they they say no, no, thank you. We will not join you in this. <laughs> and he says, well, then you need to turn over to me the woman who invented. Or sorry, the person who invented this vibranium detector, which is how they're looking for it now. And if you don't, I will consider this as you know an act of war against Tolokan, and right. we will attack Wakanda. So uh, Shuri and Okoye. No wonder this movie's three hours. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. lot there's a lot of there's a lot of plot. Shuri and Okoye go to find the 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 inventor of the vibranium detector. Detector turns out to be Riri Williams. She's a teenager. She's an undergrad at MIT. 
Anyway, plot, 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 plot. I'm, I'm, I'm completely lost. <laughs> I just need you to know that right Basically, now. it comes down to Wakanda having to fight off Tolokan, Wakanda having to figure out who's going to be the new Black Panther and who's going to take the throne. The uh, Is that a surprise? Who's going to be the new Black Panther? I'm not going to say here. Okay, so we don't know and it's a surprise in the movie. Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, and you know, and and as with all Marvel movies, it's setting up stuff down the line. It's setting right. up that you know the Americans and all these other people are wanting to come after the 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 vibranium. Um, this movie is trying to throw its arms around a lot of things, not just plot wise, because it's trying to very directly address grief. You know, well, yeah. uh, I mean, not just in the loss of Chadwick Boseman, but in the loss of, of T'Challa. And how that directly impacts the people who loved him and, you know, the people who were his, for whom he was the king, you know. So you've got that movie. You've got the introduction of Namor and the Tolokan people, which is its own thing. And then you've got, like, eventually we get some fight scenes. Um, And they don't, it doesn't all mesh as well as it did in the last Black Panther movie. Uh And part of that problem is that, in Black Panther, like Wakanda is this amazing creation in terms of, you know, it's this super high tech futuristic society, but you also get like a lot of these sort of traditional, like the African textiles, you know, like all yeah, of yeah. the all the Ruth Carter costumes and you know, the fact that you've got like the guys with the 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 Bantu blankets, I think they're called, but then they also turn into like weapons because it's you know, it's Wakanda. Because it's, cool. it's Wakanda and yeah. anything can happen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tolokan is not as interesting. <laughs> oh. Like, for this undersea kingdom that has existed for uh, presumably as long as Wakanda has, for yes. like centuries. Right. It doesn't pop as a place where people live and do things and maybe invent things. It felt more like like one of those Cirque du Soleil shows in a tank. <laughs> okay. So that's a big, like, uh, you know, and that eats up a lot of time. And it, a thing I had not even thought about, but Christy and I did a live chat about this movie on YouTube. Uh, a spoiler chat. A spoiler or, chat on oh, YouTube. Right. You know, somebody pointed out the fact that, you know, the the, the Tolokanese are, you know, Latin Americans. And Namor is played by, you know, Mexican actor Tenoch Huerta. Okay. But the other denizens of Tolokan are all blue. Okay. Which is like, that's it, how it was it, in the comics. Oh, I see. But it's like, given that there hasn't been a huge Latino presence in the Marvel universe up until now. Right. And we have Wakanda and it showed that, you know, white audiences would also, you know, join everybody yes. else in wanting to see this movie yes. that's all black people. Yes. Um yeah, that's they're missing out on an opportunity here, I think, you know, that they went that they went blue rather than brown basically for for this uh for this civilization. Do, do you think they just really wanted to be faithful to the blue people of the comic book? Is I that... mean, maybe, but like they, you know, they throw that stuff out of the, the, the all the time. I mean, like Namor's outfit is different in this movie. Oh, I see. I mean, you know, the, have you ever seen what Wolverine looks like in the comics? No, he has like this. <laughs> he has this like yellow and black outfit with a big pointy mask. It's what? It's a, a million miles away from what Hugh Jackman does in the movies. So, yeah, they, they, they aren't necessarily faithful to that stuff. Um, one thing that is very cool about this movie that I did enjoy is the fact that this is, like, women are running the show. Okay. You know, between Angela Bassett and Letitia Wright and uh, and Lupita Nyong'o and, and Danai Gurira 
And even Julia Louis Dreyfus, like you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus is in this movie. Yes, she's she has she's been playing a character who's been popping up in Marvel stuff, and you don't know who she is, and it would take too long to explain her to you. But she's a nefarious government agent. Has she been in other Marvel movies? She was. Was uh, I not paying attention? Did you see Black Widow? Which one is that? <laughs> the one with Scarlett Johansson yes, and I David Harbour. Yes, I did see that. Okay, remember at the very end, <laughs> after Black Widow's dead. Oh, oh you're going to ask me to remember something? Keep talking. Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up. You're right. I do remember that. I thought you might. Okay. So yeah, she's she. But is, I, it just went whoop, out of my brain because I was like, someone needs to explain why Julia Louis yeah. Dreyfus is well, standing here because she's on. Right she was on Captain America and the Winter Soldier and the whole thing. Anyway, anyway, the women get the bulk of things to do in this movie and make a lot of the decisions. You know, so you've well, got that was kind of how it was in the first film. True, yeah, but but more so, you've got like you know, apart from like Namor and Baku and maybe like Martin Freeman. Yeah, it's pretty much just like because you they bring in Riri Williams. Okay, Shuri's got more to do this time. Right. Ramonda's got more to do this time. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it works entirely, but the pieces are good. Yeah. The, the the individual tracks that it's trying to go down all bear something interesting. I just don't think it all kind of comes together. Um, but, you know, worth seeing. Well, all right. Just just not as, as like, as Black Panther was, you know. All right, I'm going to go... Two in a row. I'm going to double feature you right now. Okay. Let me tell you the couple things that I saw that you did not. I did not. I have seen Holy Spider. Mm-hmm. It is from Ali Abbasi, uh, Iranian filmmaker, apparently working in Denmark now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a true story. It is a. Uh, it is the story of Saeed Hanai who was a serial killer. And this happened, he, he, he was operating as a serial killer in the year 2000, 2001. Mm. He targeted sex workers, women, and he killed 16. Um, now the film includes, uh, a fictional character, a woman who is a journalist who is investigating the crimes, mm-hmm. played by, uh, 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 I've lost her name, uh, Zar Amir Ebrahimi. Yes. She won the Best Actress Award at Cannes yeah. for this film. It is now uh, Denmark's entry for the Oscars. Right. How do I describe a well-made film with great performances that left me feeling so sick inside? Mm. Do you do you say yes, you should watch this or save yourself the agony? Because <sighs> that's yeah, it's a tricky one. It has a it has a reason to exist. Sure. Um, it, in fact, it has such a reason to exist that the Iranian uh, cultural uh, uh, board, or I'm not sure what they're called, um, has condemned the film mm. 
and condemned the award of Best Actress to uh, Zaramir Ebrahimi. Uh, they want nothing to do with this movie. Well, they, they, in fact, uh, uh, made a statement about how the people involved in making this film should be, uh, 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 you know, they should have. There should be consequences. Oh, great. And and what were you going to ask? Well, me? because the the thing about the movie is, it's not just that there was this serial killer preying on sex workers, but that there was a, a, a vocal segment of society that was uh, like getting to that. Yep. You go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly what you just said. The film also docudramas the mm-hmm. public reaction to these killings, and. This guy had fans because he would, he called himself the, the, the spider. Mm -hmm. Every time it would happen, it'd be in the papers and people, not just men would say things like, well, they had it coming. And they were corrupt women. One of the things that you hear in the film over and over from characters talking about it who are who are not displeased at all that this is happening is that he is cleaning uh, the city yeah. of corrupt women. Is this Tehran? No, it is. It takes place in uh, uh, Mashhad. Yeah. And so. That's tough enough. Yeah. But not the real problem. For me, the problem of this film that I can't get over is the depiction of the murders. Mm. You see him murdering the women in brutal, gruesome detail. And I... I get it. I get that when you are critiquing a country that oppresses women. Mm -hmm. You have to show what it looks like. There are films like The Circle from Jafar Panahi that do this in a way that focuses on the women themselves Mm -hmm. and their interactions and their connections and their fear. This is about the guy and about the woman who is a journalist who is after the guy. Hmm. So as admirable as the, 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 the need for, you know, a film that is, you know, wholeheartedly condemning not just the killings, but the culture that approves thinks it's okay. Yeah. At the same time, these killings feel like exploitation filmmaking. More than once, I thought about the movie Maniac. I was just going to ask about Maniac because yeah. this sounds exactly why I couldn't finish it. Yeah. So I, I, it's a tough, it's really tough to sit through. And I... Is the brutality aesthetically defensible? Uh, I gotcha. I guess I don't know. Like it, I can't. It, I've seen a lot of violent movies, yeah, in my life, and 
I think that we have become in the United States. Now, here, here I am talking about U.S. filmmaking, sure. English language filmmaking in a country where everything is different yeah. than it is in Iran. You know, um, exploitation films made in the U.S. are exploitation films. They're meant to titillate and not much else. They are meant to uh, show violence against women quite often. Uh, horror movies have done this for years. Yeah. But not just horror movies. Um, uh, 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 oh, God. Nolan. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 which one? <laughs> the one that Shani was writing us about. Oh, 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 uh, uh, Tenet. Tenet. Tenet yes. does it. Yes, yes. Thank you, Shadi. <laughs> Tenet does it. Yeah. So even films that are ostensibly not exploitation films, sure. films that aren't, uh, you know, uh, reveling, lurid. Uh, uh, yeah, not meant to be lurid, not meant to think that anyone is reveling in violence against women. Is it an apple and an orange? Is this an example of? Is this an example of one where you do need to see the brutality because? If you think someone deserves that, then who are you? I see. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, the idea of like this this is this is the thing that people yeah. are endorsing. Yes. Like it's not just this is the 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 horrors visited upon victims by a serial killer. It's the this is if you're signing off on this guy, if you're giving him a thumbs up and like, yeah, he's he's cleaning up our society, this is what you're endorsing. I also the last the final three minutes of this film are not technically violent. They are, in fact, uh, focused on the two child characters in the film who are play-acting the murders mm. and giggling. I, 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 <laughs> Y'all... <laughs> I have officially become the person for whom some movies are too much. And, and as admirable as the intent of this film, it I, it's put me through the ringer. Well, and and it will put you through the ringer, too. Fundamentalism is a tough... And I kind of hope... Because... You know, Josh, the publicist, uh -huh. is like, I really want you all to watch Holy Spider. And I was like, I will! <laughs> And we will talk about it on linoleum night. <laughs> um, we are telling people this we, movie exists. This and movie, that's, that is This movie job. exists and it is well made and the performances are great. And I've got a pretty tough constitution. Yeah, I was going to say, if you had a hard time with this, I, I don't think I've I had a, I had a really hard time Oof. just finishing this. Um. And when I did finish it, I felt even worse yeah. because the ending is chilling. Mm. Yeah. Holy spider. It's the season of unhappy films. It's Oscar time. Yeah. And this is one of the types of movies that come out at this time. Mm. Um, as, uh, as, yeah. Make 
make your own decisions, know yourself. This is a well-made film. It is a, a movie that is too much, too much, too much brutality for me. Okay. If it's too much for you, then I'm, I'm yeah. not. I don't think I can. So, your other film. On the flip side of this, kind of. <laughs> a couple. Now, y'all know around these parts, we, uh, in this house, <laughs> we, we Frederick Wiseman. Yes. All right. And we're in for it. We're in for all of it. Yeah. Oh, he's got a three-hour one? A four-hour one? A five-hour one? Bring it. A six-hour one? <laughs> That's all right. We'll do it. We'll watch it. 92-year-old legendary documentary filmmaker. So I was telling somebody about this movie, and they said, oh, that makes sense, because when COVID hit, I thought, what's Frederick Wiseman going to do? He can't, like... He can't go places. He can't hang out in, like, enclosed spaces with people for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Years ago, Mr. Wiseman, uh, who also, by the way, has directed lots of theater, uh, he directed a film called The Last Letter. It is, it is a narrative scripted drama starring one woman. Uh, and she is writing a letter to her son. She is about to be taken to a concentration camp. Mm. This is a film that it's all on a stage. It's in black and white and it's, you know, you don't see anything other than the woman in the film. Uh, but it's set during World War II. So this one is set in the 19th century. Uh, it is also one woman, French actress, Nat- Natalie uh, Botafou. She was in uh, Olivier Assayas's Irma Vep. Uh, earlier, she was in The Butterfly's Dream, which got her uh, awards. She plays Sophia Tolstoy. Leo Tolstoy's wife. And it is uh, an hour long. Uh, by the way, I should tell you, this film is 64 minutes long. That's very so, unwise. Man. <laughs> yes. So was The Last Letter. So yeah. he's done two narrative features, both of them an hour and a few minutes. And put together probably like uh, shorter than... Than most of his other films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is an hour-long monologue uh, taken from Sophia Tolstoy's diaries and letters that she wrote to Leo Tolstoy. And it is about the history of their marriage. They were infamously unhappy. Yes. <laughs> they were famously miserable. The stuff of legends. <laughs> they were literary history's least uh, 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 loving couple, <laughs> but not at first. You know, they got married. She was eighteen. It was the in the nineteenth century. You were eighteen, and why weren't you married yet? And that's what happened to a man decades your senior. He was thirty six or thirty four. Oh, that was it. Oh, I thought yeah. he was much older. No, no, no. He was twice her age. Which again, the nineteenth century. Sure. Listen, the twenty first century. <laughs> this happens all the time. Oh yes. 
So um, they were happy at first. They had 13 kids. She was a writer, but her career was to be his wife, his secretary, his, uh, uh, what's that word? Amanuensis. Amanuensis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost, I wrote a review, I wrote a review of this film for The Rap, and I almost threw in that word. Oh, and then come I thought, on, you should have. And then I thought, No. Oh, don't look, you, don't how you many sling those $10 words How around. many chances in this life do you get <laughs> to publish the word amanuensis? Listen, you and I are just now saying the word back and forth together <laughs> and having a grand time. I, could, I would have even hyperlinked to a definition <laughs> page. <laughs> That's an SAT word <laughs> that you forget. <laughs> No, it's funny because I was sitting there writing, writing the review and I thought, what if I used that word? And then I thought, what if you went to hell? <laughs> uh, in case people want to know, the definition yeah. is a literary or artistic assistant, in particular one who takes dictations or copies manuscripts. Oh, and did she ever? The Agnes Gooch, if you will. War and Peace. Mm. Y'all, War and Peace. Not a short book. She copied it. Seven times in a row for him and his publisher. Ugh. Because that's what you had to do back then. They didn't have carbons. Yeah. She wrote the screenplay with Wiseman, by the way. Not Sophia Tolstoy. No, yeah. <laughs> Natalie Botafo. Yes. Uh, so, here's the thing about the Tolstoys. <laughs> Not just was her career, like, stifled. Stifled. But he had, like, he was one of those guys who was super religious and sell all you have. Like, he wanted to sell all the property and stuff that they had because they both came from money. Mm -hmm. He especially came from, like, aristocratic background. Um, not only was he super religious and an, an ascetic... But he was totally having affairs all the time as well. So, like... He was ascetic to a point. Here, so. you stay home with all the babies that we're making. Mm. I'm going to go out and have sex with all these other women, too. Um, so her life was increasingly difficult, and they were increasingly unhappy. He with her, and she with him. But they stayed married. Because, again, that's what you did in the 19th century. For one hour, you hear her describe her life, her feelings, her ideas. All of it has been written down. All of it is a matter of record. But how often do you hear about Sophia Tolstoy? How often do you hear her words, her story? You don't, unless you're a literary scholar whose job is to study the Tolstoys. <laughs> so, for one hour, you get to listen to this sort of bracing, stunning monologue from an actress who is giving it everything. And she is walking in the very peaceful French countryside while it happens. So all this turmoil, all this pain is juxtaposed against 
He's bucolic. Frogs that are just jumping around going, like they don't care. Oh, look how nice it is out here. Oh, you have a problem? We are the trees. Uh, if people want more Tolstoy, they could always check out The Last Station with uh, Helen Mirren and Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is great. Again, of course, Frederick Wiseman. Does Frederick Wiseman make bad films ever? I don't know that I've ever seen one that was not good. Haven't encountered one yet. And now that I've seen both of these narrative uh, features, mm-hmm. uh, he just... There's nothing this 92-year-old man can't do, I've decided. (laughs) What you might not be able to do is see a couple in any real uh, way for a bit. Uh, It opened in New York last week Mm -hmm. at Film Forum, I think. It opened in L.A. a couple days ago. It opened in Los Angeles today, Today? Friday, at the Royal, I think, on the west side. Um. I assume there will be other cities uh, that it will uh, go make to, its way around, make its way to art houses, museums, mm-hmm. that sort of place. Um, eventually, I'm sure it'll stream. Zipporah will put out a DVD. Uh, it's at the Lonely Monica in Los Angeles. Oh, it's at the Monica. Yes. Okay, I thought it was at the Royal. Uh, if you live in Los Angeles, Southern California, and you are devoted to Frederick Wiseman and you uh, have an hour <laughs> yeah. to watch a movie, uh, why don't you do that? The rest of y'all, just make a note that it exists and it might it might come to your city. Uh, eventually, there'll be a, you know, a way for you to see it at home, I'm sure. Uh, it's wonderful and uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, a film that is easier for you to see is A Christmas Story Christmas, which dropped this week on HBO Max. Um, there have been a lot of Gene Shepard adaptations. I was not aware of how many until Bibbs recently did a Twitter thread about how, like, A Christmas Story wasn't the first one. There have been something like eight or nine over the years. Like... Um, just, like, things that got done for, like, PBS. And oh, stuff. I see. And and and, uh, and then you know there have been like multiple sort of failed attempts to sequelize the movie A Christmas Story. There was a summer story, aka It Runs in the Family, right? Uh, with a slightly older, uh, the characters are a little bit older, and the parents are played by Charles Grodin and Mary Steenburgen. Mm-hmm. There was a directed video, A Christmas Story Two, about like a seventeen-year-old Ralphie huh. getting a car. Okay. Um, but this is the one that you know we are meant to sort of really think of as. As canonical because Peter Billingsley is back. Okay. Nearly 40 years later, he returns to the role of Ralphie. And uh, the movie is set... Again, the movie was made 40 years ago, but we we only leap ahead about 25 years because this movie is set in late 1973. And uh, as the film opens, Ralphie is trying to get a science fiction novel published and nobody wants it. And his mother calls to let him know that the old man has died. So they were planning for the uh, the for Ralphie's parents to come to Chicago to visit him and his wife and his kids. But now they are all going back home to Indiana to try and, you know, the mom wants them to, like, not be sad and not, you know, mourn. She wants them to, to have, like, another great Christmas like, like dad would do. So he now has this burden of, like, creating this 
Perfect Christmas, which is, of course, more than anybody should have to do. Um, and hijinks ensue. We, we, we meet the uh, grown-up um, uh, Flick and Schwartz and Scott Farkas, who are all still in town, um, and various misadventures occur. And when the movie is out to create new hijinks, like there's an extended scene where they're hiding behind the furniture in the hopes that Christmas carolers will go away. Um, it's pretty funny and, and has some, some fun stuff. But it's one of those sequels that keeps reminding you what it's a sequel of. Right. They keep talking about stuff that happened in the first movie. And they show you clips from the first movie. And like audio clips of Darren McGavin from the first movie. It's not quite as bad as coming to America in that regard. (laughs) Coming to America. Right, yeah. But it's up there. And and it's annoying because, again, when when it allows itself to be its own thing. I liked coming to America just fine. Ugh. Yeah. Which they usually call just previously on coming to America. <laughs> uh, you know, like, you know, the the mom is, it, it, I don't know why they didn't get Melinda Dillon back, is now played by Julie Hagerty, who's great. Aaron Hayes, uh, who was on Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, plays the, the uh, Ralphie's wife, and she's funny. Um, you know, there's, it's charming, it's cute, it's, it's, it, 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 it delivers some good Christmas stuff, but I just wish that they, felt like they could have untethered themselves a little from dwelling on the first movie because it's like half the movie feels like a highlight reel of the other movie. No and thanks. I, yeah. And like why no who's going to turn to that every Christmas? Like no. I guess if you watch them back to back I don't I don't know. I don't know. No, you only need you only need the first one. You, you do. This one is not does not elbow its way in as something that's necessary. But I will say it does have some fun moments, and I wish there were more of them. There's also something coming out in early December. Who has the time? There's something coming out in early December on AMC Plus called Christmas with the Campbells, which uh, Billingsley produced alongside his longtime producing partner, Vince Vaughn. Okay. And Vaughn co-wrote it, and it's near as I can tell from the trailer, it's basically, what if we did a Hallmark movie, but with a lot of like R-rated swearing and sex talk in it? Vince Vaughn, not John Favreau? Vince Vaughn. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Favreau that was... I mean, the three of them are tight. The three of them are tight. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, going back to like when they were all in like an after school special together sometime <laughs> in the late 80s, apparently. Um, you know, Billingsley... That I also did not know. Yeah. Well, you know, Billingsley directed Couples Retreat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a terrible movie. It was. <laughs> Anyway, so this Christmas with the Camels movie is like, okay, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I will, of course, be watching it. But I, I'm, I'm dubious that it's like a one-joke premise. It, 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 from the trailer, it strikes me as like, remember when you're like 12 years old and you suddenly realize that you can fill in a Mad Libs with like all the filthiest words you can think of? Yeah, that was and fun. And he, he, he. That was real fun. That, that, this seems like that, the movie. <laughs> Well then, maybe the, it will, maybe it'll be great. Man, I'll get back to you. There's nothing like a Mad Lib full of cussing and <laughs> and boobs. Really, I said Hinder. Everybody knows that's great fun. Balls. Also, <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, just okay. that, that word alone will make you laugh. All right. Yeah. Maybe you're honest. Here. <laughs> uh, also, fun is our Patreon. Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Patreon.com uh, slash linoleum knife. You arrive at that destination 
and you decide how much money you want to give us each month. And for that amount of money, you are then a subscriber to various contents. Yes. Um, and by contents, we mean other podcasts. We have one called Linoleum Knife uh, Presents More Linoleum Knife. We talk about an old movie for about 20 to 30 minutes. We have one called LKTV, where we talk about television programs. We have one called Linoleum Knife and Fork, where we go into much greater detail uh, about all the, the food-related activities that go on in this home, outside of this home. Um, you only get a taste of it, no pun intended, when I'm just talking about, hey, pause that recording so I can go take this thing out of the oven. That's, you know... Uh, this is an hour of that. It's an it's an hour of <laughs> Alonzo pausing the recording <laughs> while Dave gets things. While I go cook things, no. Uh, and then there's uh, monthly linoleum knife club meetings. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we do these on Saturday nights, once a month. That's fun to do. Everybody talks on Discord while we're watching the movie. Then there is linoleum nights, which we record live on Facebook Live. Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, most Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. and uh, and we talk about anything we want uh, on that show. Also, there's cussing. Yes, we say balls, balls and one. boobies, like yeah. in a Mad Libs. <laughs> so yeah, Patreon.com/slash Linoleum Knife. You might enjoy it. Uh, we enjoy doing those other podcasts yeah. and. Uh, Maybe you'll like them. Delivering them unto you. We have letters. <laughs> we do. Stephanie says, I heard your concerns about the Whitney Houston nope, biopic. Nope. That's what I wanted you to read last, remember? Why? Because for it, 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 some people might not want to hear any kind well, of Well, I'm spoilers. not going to read the spoilers. Okay. I thought that was the point of the letter. But I just curious. scanned this letter. Okay. All right. Okay. Carry on then. I went to a preview of the film, it ended up being uh, the Whitney Houston biopic. They don't tell you what film you'll see right. until after you arrive. Just a vague statement like music-driven drama. Exam examples of other films it's similar to. As a bisexual woman, I was immediately nervous about how they would portray Whitney's sexuality when they announced that this was the movie we would watch. And then she goes into some spoilers, but um, and this is obviously based on the edit that she saw, which is may or may not resemble what finally comes out in the theater. This letter was written on October 3rd, which means she saw it in September at least. And that means cuts could still be made. Yes. All right. So there are mild spoilers in the letter. I'm not going to read them, but okay. her consensus based on the version that she saw is... We don't have a lot to worry about. Okay, good. With regard to them, you know, straight washing, erasing her. Yeah. So who knows? Um, maybe that'll be beefed up. Maybe it'll be stripped down. We we will find out when it happens. Gotcha. Uh, but thank the, you for at, letting us know. At the end, she says. Uh, Side note, as for Clive Davis being very tame in the trailer, he is one of the film's producers. Uh -huh. He's shown as a very likable person in the movie. <laughs> Casting Stanley Tucci as him probably helped a lot. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. We're going <laughs> to rip the lid off of that one then. 
Stanley Tucci's here, and he's going to make you love him all over again, because <laughs> you already do. Julia, uh, I this is in Italian, and I, I'm going to kill it. I'm very sorry in advance. Uh, buono come come il pane. pane? Yeah, buono come il pane. As good as bread. Yes. That was a line from... Uh, Salvatore Shoemaker of Dreams. Salvatore Shoemaker of Dreams, the documentary about Salvatore Ferragamo. Uh, we talked about it on the last episode. I wrote a review of this film for the rap. You should go read it. Uh, Julia says, This is an Italian figure of speech. Oh. In Italian, what English speakers would call a good egg okay. is what Italians would call as good as bread. A piece of bread. <laughs> Listen, I would rather be known as to be as good as bread than uh, a good egg. Than a good egg. Eggs are nice, but come on, we all know the food hierarchy. Well, sure, but bread is the king of the foods. You don't want to be a bad egg because then you're Veruca Salt. Sure. Honk honk. Exactly. Greg says about apartments and TV audio. Headphones. There are many excellent Bluetooth headsets out there. With headphones, you can crank it up all you want. And if they are sound canceling, not only will your neighbors not hear you, you won't hear them. I always intend to try and figure out, like, is there somewhere to to plug in a thing for headphones? Or is there a Bluetooth thing involved? Well, like, I don't know. We have some nerdy techie friends. We so do. When they come over next time, you can say, hey. What's the deal? What can our television do for me? Mm. And by me, we mean you, Alonzo Durrell. <laughs> the Mad J woman is now mad at us. Oh, no. Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> she says, I can't open Prime without seeing my policeman. And now it's never leaving my head. <laughs> She's referring to my joke in the show notes that because we also reviewed Weird the Al Yankovic story. Yes. That you could you can sing the title of My Policeman to the tune of My Bologna. Well, that ain't my fault. No. That's you. That's, so the Mad J woman is actually she's angry mad at me. At you. It's fine. I'll take the hit on that one. My policeman. James says, you stop it right now. <laughs> James says. I just watched Benediction on oh, Hulu. What, what a great recommendation. Ah. I loved the writer-director's earlier films, Terrence Davis. Yes. Each frame is like a painting. <laughs> the characters are expertly drawn. You are right, James. Mm-hmm. Benediction is one of my favorite films of the year. Ditto. I'm so it glad will, you watched it. It will break your heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's by design. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I want to recommend something before we leave. Do you? I do. So, uh, I, I, the people who are on Patreon already know this. One of the things that we do every day on Patreon is called LKRX. A, get it? A prescription from uh-huh. us. Yeah. Um, and I recommended a podcast this week on LKRX. The Design Hazards Podcast. Oh, yes. So if you've listened to London on Lame Knife long enough, you've heard us do occasionally runs of ads for RogerandChris.com. 
They're a furniture company. They are co-owned by uh, Roger Hazard, who you may know from television uh, design shows. I don't think he does one now, but you can. Th- those things are on YouTube forever. Streaming, streaming uh, HGTV and Discovery Plus and all that stuff. It's all oh, out there. That reminds me. Sorry, yes. not to interrupt, but uh, for LKTV, are you going to watch? The Discovery Plus Christmas movie that Ben and Aaron Napier are in. No, I'm not. <laughs> because I like Hometown, and I don't want any of that sullied by them being lured into a crappy Christmas movie. Okay, well, yeah. I'll talk about it. Then. All right, you can. <laughs> anyway, so Roger, whom we've never met, um, married our friend Chris. Yes. Chris Stout. They are the Stout Hazards now. And they have a furniture company called RogerandChris.com, from which we bought our new couch. Mm-hmm. And a lovely uh, and comfy a, chair. And a, a, a comfy chair that's in the bedroom for reading. And so, anyway, they have a design podcast now where they talk about all things design. Nice. Furniture, color trends, things they think are ridiculous, such as, did you know that Restoration Hardware... No longer is called Restoration Hardware. I did not. It's called RH. And do you know what else? What? They have restaurants now. What? In their showrooms. What? <laughs> Stop it, Restoration Hardware. <laughs> anyway, oh. they talk all about that. You should go check out the Design Hazards podcast. Because I'll, 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 I'm going to keep listening to this. Zoics. Yeah. You know me, I love a I love a throw pillow. It's true. Yeah. I've always said that about you. <laughs> well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Um you know, as always, please check out my other podcast. Sure. Breakfast All Day with Christy Lemire. We're on YouTube and uh, all your podcatchers. Also, uh, Maximum Film on the Maximum Fun Network and uh, Deck the Hallmark, where I've been popping in on Mondays to review movies that are on Netflix and other non-Hallmark, non-Lifetime locations. Um, again, check out Tis the Season on uh, CNN on the 27th. Pick up have yourself a movie, little Christmas, and I'll be home for Christmas movies. Uh, you can subscribe to this show for free at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a four star, five star, sorry, five star review yeah, there. You better, it better be five stars. Yeah, or don't waste my time. Leave us a five star review. We'll read it on the air. You can also leave us positive feedback in the many places that we stream, including Spotify and Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Apple Music, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, Blue, for our wonderful theme music. Follow him at blueBLEU.bandcamp.com. He's got uh, new stuff there all the time, including a new collaboration with Kong. Um, You can uh, follow us on the social media at Linoleum Podcast and uh, drop us a line at Linoleum Podcast at, sorry, Linoleum Cast. Sorry, did I say that wrong? Uh, We're on social media at Linoleum Cast. Drop us a line at linoleumpodcast at gmail.com. Here's a tip. When you start a podcast, make sure you have the same name in all of your places or else it's going to get very confusing. Anyway, as always, uh, lovely to uh, hang out with you guys. We will have another show before Thanksgiving. Right? Is that the deal? That's the plan. Okay. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. That's that's, that's the plan. The plan plan is there will be another episode of this before Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. Whenever we meet again. (laughs) Until that moment. (laughs) Goodbye.